This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have there for you. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. You get to control the content on the website. And that means that if you find something online that you think is interesting, you want to share with our listeners and the hosts of the show, you submit it as show prep there. And then it appears on the upcoming stories page where it's mixed in with everybody else and whatever else they've uh, submitted. And then uh, once your story gets a certain number of votes, it'll be promoted to the front page of the website. Uh, and by the way, uh, there's no preference that uh, the site has for me. I submitted a story earlier today and it hasn't made it to the front page yet. So, you know, everybody's kind of on an equal uh, playing field there. And uh, you can go to freetalklive.com, vote up what you like, vote down what you don't like, uh, or just be positive and vote up what you like. You can do it however you want. Uh, freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. All right. So, of course, we'll take your calls about anything. That's what we do here. There's a lot in the news uh, that we can be discussing here tonight. And the number, again, is 855-450-FREE, including apparently the... Uh, some some of the marijuana sales out in California is going back to the underground, and we'll explain why that is. But in other news, international news, uh, Free Catalonia, looks like there's uh, been some secession going on over Ooh. in Spain. We'll tell you about that. Uh, plus, to the phones, to the fun, let's go right to, the, uh, to your calls. West is on the line, listening in Indy, and he's an XM listener to uh, America's Talk during the week. Hey, West. How you doing, man? Hey, welcome back to the show. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was going to throw at you, you were talking about the uh, private uh, cities in Honduras the other yes. night, and basically what it comes down to is whoever's hand gets greased the most is going to support those towns in Honduras. It is still a bribe-your-way-out-of-anything type of country. So you, uh, you had called last night toward the very end of the show. You had a bad phone connection, uh, and so we had to get, get you off the line, unfortunately. But I'm glad you called back, because if I'm recalling correctly, you said last night that you have some personal experience having uh, been, visited, or lived in uh, Honduras? I do. I go down twice a year. In fact, I'm going back in thank- at Thanksgiving to uh, Honduras for a week. Um, I have family that lives there. My brother is the dean of a college down there, and uh, I go visit his family on holidays and vacations. West, would you describe it as a as a peaceful place, or is uh, it pretty violent down there? Yeah, is it as dangerous as people would have you believe? Uh, I will put it to you this way. Uh, I tell people jokingly I enjoy vacationing anywhere where I get soothed to sleep with the soothing sounds of machine gun fire. It's very violent. Wow. Um. Just while I was down there the last time, two blocks over from the neighborhood where my brother lives, there were four kids gunned down on the side of the street mm. just for standing on the side of the street. Um, you think so? Do you think that was the reason, or was it some sort of a drug thing? No, they were just standing there. Um, you have a lot of MS-13 gang members there. Uh, MS-13 is very strong. Um, and it, it's bad enough that the police carry Galil machine guns. They don't carry handguns. They carry Galil machine guns. So is it mostly gang violence, West, or are the police the ones who are uh, causing most of the violence? Or do I repeat myself? <laughs> uh, it is gang violence for the most part, but yeah, there is a lot of uh, police that are police by day, criminals by night. Hmm. Interesting. 
Not a surprise. I'm sure they're yeah, working uh, many of them hand in hand with the drug cartels to uh, you know either assist them directly or look the other way. There's a lot of drug activity that comes through there. A lot of the drugs that come to the United States uh, come through uh, Honduras. Uh, so I have to tell you, you know, it sounded pretty attractive to me moving to this wonderful place where uh, freedom can uh, be alive. But now the information you're giving me, West, is making me a little bit fearful uh, of even traveling down there to visit. Would would a person, uh, a normal, you know, uh, an American be okay in Honduras? Would I need some sort of protection with me? No, it's nowhere near as bad as like Brazil, Sao Paulo or anything like that. It's just like going to New York in the in the late seventies, early eighties. You just have to know where to go and keep your wits about it. Huh. You know, uh, a lot of times the violence is in certain areas, and when you know the violence is going on in that area, you just don't go. So you I recommend mean, folks do their research before traveling down there to uh, explore? I do. It's a gorgeous country. It's one of the prettiest places I've ever been. But, um. You can you can get killed down there in a heartbeat. Wow. Um, there's an area called the Live Zone in La Sable where I go, and you can find anything you want, including your death there. Um, what was it called? The area? The Live Zone. L I V. Live Zone, not yeah. the Live Zone. Gotcha. Wow. So tell me, other uh, in regards to uh, to Honduras. Now you say that you can just go down there as an American. Would it make sense to have somebody who knows their way around be your guide, uh, so to speak, uh, or just because it doesn't sound like the kind of place you just want to show up and uh, kind of bump around in? Right, you're right. You want someone that knows their way around. You want someone that is uh, basically a native. When we go anywhere down there, um, that we know it can be a little shady. We take one of my brother's brother-in-laws, or we take someone who is a native there um, because they can read those people a heck of a lot quicker than we can. Mm-hmm. So what is it that uh, – what do you think about these proposals? I mean, you, well, we've been discussing over the last couple nights on the show these private cities uh, that are ostensibly going to be built. They're going to start with one and per- presumably expand to three if the first one works out. Uh, the It's a $15 million investment that's coming in to start building the first square uh, – excuse me, half half square mile of the city. And that should be kicking off in the next 18 months. So I guess my curiosity is what do you think is going to happen with that? Uh, is it going to – you know, come off without a hitch. Will uh, the you know the police slash uh, gangsters in the area attempt to exert influence? Uh, what's your prediction? I think it will be the ultra uber rich of that area that moves in there, which means probably narcotic traffickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's going to probably be a situation of if they bribe the right people, it'll go through yeah. um, without a hitch. If they don't bribe the right people, they'll have all kinds of trouble. That's what I said. I said if I were uh, in a narcotics gang, I would be on the ground floor of this. I'd be, you know, one of the investors in this uh, this particular property just to make sure that things went my direction. Uh, that uh, you know the way they w- the way it was structured, the way they set up their legal system or whatever it is they're going to create there, uh, had my best interests in mind. That's what I would do. Well, you um you were talking also about Zelaya. Um, here in the States, we got a lot of information that, you know, it was a military coup and all that. It was not a military coup. Zelaya tried to circumvent 
the Honduran Constitution and basically turn himself into a Chavez-esque dictator in Honduras, and the Congress and the military booted him out because they want to keep democratic election there. The the upper government is is fine. They're they're good people. It's the lower ranks where you have the problem. And also, you know, the joke in Honduras is two people sitting around, they get bored, and one of them looks at the other one and says, hey, I'm bored. Let's start a revolution. You know, that's just kind of the way it is down there. But as far as the the upper echelon of the government, they're pretty stable. And, you know, you can go to places like Roatan, which is an island off of Honduras, and it's, it's reasonably safe. Um, the tourist areas, they really keep a, a large police presence there um, just because they know how much money comes in from tourism. So, Interesting. Man. You know, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to call back in tonight and share uh, your experiences uh, with us. Do you have any other questions for him, Derek J? No, no other questions, uh, but thank you for the information, Wes, because yeah. I was definitely attracted to these you know, private cities over in Honduras, but it doesn't sound like a violent place is a good place for freedom to take root, and that sounds like that would include Honduras. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is going to be a location that's kind of out in the wilderness. It's going to be away from a lot of the existing... Uh, uh, urban, you know, zones in Honduras. So, I will tell. Yeah, it will be interesting to watch. And West, feel free to give us updates as you uh, travel down there and let us know what the scene is like. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can share your experience with whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. Are you a liberty activist or enthusiast looking to meet others like you? Do you want to advance capitalism, peace, and freedom, but aren't sure how? I'm Amanda Mill, Executive Director of Liberty on the Rocks, encouraging supporters of a free society to host happy hour. Activism and education doesn't need to be boring, and you can find free market friends. So start a Liberty on the Rocks network near you and begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free here at 855-450-FREE. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include news updates. You can go to news.freetalklive.com and you can follow us via email, get the latest information about Free Talk Live as it's announced. Also, we have uh, Twitter and Facebook, which are alternative methods and uh, more granular methods of uh, getting information about Free Talk Live, meaning you get more. Uh, You get updates during the show. You get questions that we might ask uh, the audience online and off uh, or on air and online. And uh, so it's just a different way to kind of uh, keep in touch with Free Talk Live Twitter and Facebook. You can get through to all of them. You can get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. And as I mentioned, this program is bought, uh, brought to you by SACL CAI. They do bring you the uh, the phone number here, eight, the toll-free number, 855-450-FREE is that number. And uh, SACL CAI has a really unique approach to account recovery. They get it done, and they do it with respect. They're going to do it in a way that's going to keep your customers down the line, 
and get your you know account settled as well. So you want some account recovery done, these guys can do it for you. Go to SACL CAI via their banner over at freetalklive.com. It's right there at the top of the uh, the website, at the top of the uh, the banner column. Again, uh, it's Ian here with you tonight. And Derek J. And uh, since we're talking about the idea of setting up free zones, uh, which has kind of been the, a dominant conversation over the last few nights of the program, and I am told, by the way, that the CEO of MKG Group, Michael Strong, the guy who's behind the company that's looking to set up these free zones in Honduras, will be joining us on the air on Monday night. Ooh. So I'm pretty, yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. That's, wow. That's exciting. Let's get our questions ready. So, uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that. That's coming up. Uh, but uh, in international freedom news, Catalonia, which is uh, apparently, I think that's like an island off the coast of Spain, but I'm not real clear on that. It's something, it has something to do with Spain. Anyways, uh, Catalonia's Sant Pere de Torello has declared its independence. It's from RT, Russia Today, has declared its independence from the Spanish central government. What? Yeah, this is pretty exciting stuff here. Local deputies unanimously approved a resolution plan on free Catalonian territory after Catalonia asked Madrid for a $5 billion euro bailout. The resolution suggests setting up Sant Pere de Torello's own finance ministry, national bank, taxation office, and justice ministry. Once approved, the crowd of about a thousand people gathered outside the council exploded in thunderous applause. Wow! According to local media, making a speech in front of the public, Mayor Jordi Fabrega said the municipality is the resistance of Catalonia and shouted, "We refuse to disappear as a people. I refuse." Local separatists have appealed to the local Catalan parliament to hold a referendum on the national sovereignty of that territory within the next two months. The only stumbling block for lawmakers became the Catalonian language, which, due to the law, is prohibited from use in social and academic life. Which sounds like that's a uh, Spanish law to me, and that's one of the reasons why they're upset. After the results of the vote on the resolution were announced, the council proposed that the Catalonian parliament cancel the legislation which restricts the use of their language. Can you do me a favor and look up Catalonia? Oh, I'm on it. I've okay. already I've already got some information to share with you that uh, includes that Barcelona is in Catalonia oh, okay. and is um, its capital is uh, Barcelona and the second largest city in Spain after Madrid. So this is huge. This is a big yeah. part of Spain. So it's and like a state? Folks, is this like the equivalent of a, uh, like yeah, a Spanish yeah, yeah. state? Yeah, it is. Um, it looks like, exactly. It's uh, Spain is divided up into these little areas and those areas have provinces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catalonia has four of them. One of them is Barcelona. And if folks are familiar, you may not have a map right in front of you, but you've seen Spain and you know that it sort of looks like a person's head with the two <laughs> little ears, you know, on the yeah. top. Uh, Catalonia is the right ear. So right. it's like a huge part and, and it's a border also. So, I mean, that's that's a big deal. Journalist and writer Miguel Ancho Morado says the push for independence is symbolic for the town, which has a population of less than 3,000. So what it sounds like is that this town is actually seceding from Spain uh, and the state or whatever they call it of the uh, province of uh, of Catalonia. Wow. So they're seceding from Catalonia. Catalonia is also seceding from Catalonia. <laughs> that's the way it sounds. Well, I mean, the town my, is called oh uh, Sant Pere de Torello. I see. The uh, deepening crisis and tough and uh, tough financial situation have added fuel to the conflict between Catalonia and the rest of Spain because Catalans quote, feel they're not treated fairly by the Spanish tax system and also that economic policies of the central government 
government are not helping Catalonia to sort out the crisis. The move comes a week after Spain's debt-struck Catalonia region asked Madrid for a 5 billion euro bailout from the liquidity fund, the 18 billion euro body set up to finance troubled regions. If Catalonia receives financial aid from Madrid, it will become the second of Spain's 17 autonomous regions formally to request aid. However, it will not accept the money if political conditions are put on the table because the money is Catalan money, they say. What? That's so lame. The statement refers to the way the tax system works in Spain. The central government collects up to 95% of all taxes from the whole country, then distributes it to different regions following the so-called solidarity criteria. In Spain, that means that the poorer a region is, the more money it gets from the government. Catalonia, considered one of Spain's richest and most stable regions, has always been given less money than it paid in taxes. Such a system, Catalans believe, has led their region's debt crisis. Oh, okay. So I've got... sort of eaten my words there. I mean, yeah, it's sort of lame because they're saying, oh, well, we want all of this money, government, and we're not going to follow any of your rules. Thanks. But then, yeah, they have this history of being stolen from, and right. they, they blame all of that, uh, those years of theft for their lack of stability now. Well, I, I get that. So Catalonia, uh, Catalonia is the equivalent of a number of U.S. states that have a similar situation where they are what they call... Uh, they're, they're net losser, net losers, or whatever when it comes to tax money. Right. In that uh, the, the the people in the state pay more money in collectively than the state receives in benefits. Obviously, the people don't receive the money back; the state does. So you know the federal government. Ha- takes a bunch of money in from all over the place, and then they hand out money back to the states after, of course, taking a huge cut for the middle-class bureaucrats running the programs of the federal government. Uh, and states like California get more money in, if I'm not mistaken. It's just sharing uh, the wealthy, and what's wrong with that? Well, you know, I don't mind sharing, but it's not sharing because it's tax. You know, it's taxes, and taxes are force, and there's violence uh, behind that. So it Calling it sharing isn't isn't appropriate, but some people are upset about that, and, and for good reason. You know, it's it's certainly not fair. And uh, apparently, in Catalonia, that was enough reason for them to go ahead and have themselves a, uh, a secession movement. Yeah, that's which is huge. Exciting. That, and and so these uh, secessionists, it wasn't like they're a, a group of armed rebels, right? These people are politicians. They were like elected representatives, supposedly, right. right? Wow. Yeah, the politicians are behind it. Obviously, the people are behind it. I mean, can you imagine what would happen if there really were politicians on the kind of the, the uh, either the national stage or the state level stage who are out there actually talking about secession? That would that possibly get people excited about it? Because we know that there have been uh, there have been studies done. I think it was Zogby. I don't recall though exactly. There was a national polling organization that did a poll within the last few years uh-huh. that found that about one out of five Americans are already on board to support uh, the ideas of uh, secession. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, that's terrific news. Well, I mean, think about it. Uh, what is it? The ten percent or nine percent approval rating for Congress? I mean, oh, who yeah. wouldn't want to get out of this deal? Eight five five four fifty free. You can share your thoughts. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel. The printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there. We've got a webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact. Chat room is built into the same page as the cam, and you can access it all for free over at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam dot freetalklive.com now mail to jail.com is making it possible to donate directly to your favorite political prisoners using bitcoins you can go to mail to jail.com to donate directly to our friend and uh, former co-host of the show Ademo, who is sitting behind bars because of uh, something is screwy with my microphone i don't know if that is uh, can you hear me all right over there you're good okay great um anyway sorry about that folks let me just fix that. Okay, so uh, what I was saying was a demo. He is uh, behind bars because he decided to stand up for his freedom and everybody else's freedom to be the press and uh, was interviewing some folks uh, from the government and it did it without telling them necessarily that he was recording them. And so they put him in in jail on three felony charges and he's sitting in there. He's going to be there probably for another – probably for about another uh, 30 plus days. So he's got plenty of time to read mail. And he would love to hear from you. Even if you've never met a demo, doesn't matter. He would love to hear from you. Tell him about what's going on in your life, when you're going to move to New Hampshire, uh, what you think about what he did, uh, you know, anything you want to talk to him about. Uh, it's, it's always nice. And Derek J., you know this, having been on the inside of the jail cell, uh, it's nice to get those letters from the folks from Mail to Jail. Not just nice, it makes a world of difference. It really changes the attitude of, uh, you know, the prisoners and even the uh, prisoners surrounding the person receiving the mail. Uh, those, those also seem to enjoy knowing that people are out there, you know, uh, paying attention and they care. Yeah, because it's uh, a lot of people get you – know, they feel like they, uh, they people don't care. Once you get put in jail, that a lot of people disappear. You find out who your real friends are, and that can be a real crushing moment for, uh, for the average person being put in jail. But thankfully, we have this wonderful activism movement here that uh, keeps in touch with folks when they're on the inside. And it's MailToJail.com that makes that possible. So uh, you can go there and donate with Bitcoin to Mail to Jail, and that's exciting. I just did that a few days ago, actually, because, you know, it costs money to print those letters out and it takes time to put them in those envelopes and the stamps certainly aren't cheap so i sent a couple bitcoins over which right now bitcoins are worth uh, 11 us dollars a piece they keep going up mail to jail.com and by the way if you need optical transceivers for your networking equipment and you want to support liberty at the same time you can buy them from memorydealers.com and memorydealers.com also accepts bitcoin for their products. And you're going to hear more of this over time. More businesses are going to start announcing that they're accepting Bitcoin. And why not? I mean, you don't have to pay the uh, the crazy credit card fees associated with every single transaction because transactions are free on Bitcoin. So it's good stuff. Go to mailtojail.com. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're talking about independence. And specifically, uh, Catalonia, not the state or whatever it's called of Catalonia, but uh, one of the towns in Catalonia, Sant Pere de Torello, has declared its independence from the Spanish central government. Woohoo! And, and what I was saying before we went to break there is that, you know, wouldn't it be exciting if there was some politician, oh, I don't know, 
Ron Paul, for instance, uh, you know, somebody with some principle, because here this is, you know, I don't think these are a group of liberty-minded folks, but they are people who feel like they've been oppressed. Uh, They are people who are uh, taxed to death, and they don't get, you know, very much of their taxes back into the area in which they live, and they're pretty upset about that, and it doesn't seem fair, and it's not, and so they're uh, they're leaving, and I don't care what the reason is. Uh, You know, whatever your political reason for secession, I support secession. Well, a lot of people decide to vote with their feet, and then they say, well, I'll just move, I'll get out of this town because I'm being taxed to death. But then in places, especially in Europe, these homes have been in the family for generations, and to really leave that behind would be leaving part of one's heritage behind. So secession makes a lot more sense in places like that, whereas maybe in the U.S., people aren't so tied down to where they live. It's not as much part of their culture. It it certainly seems hard to get people to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project because people are tied down. You know, they've got a house that they bought. There's a family there. You know, grandma lives in, in town. Uh, those sorts of things. They those things do keep uh, U.S. folks from from moving. There can be connections like that all over. Yeah, but I'm just wondering what sort of state would you know besides New Hampshire, obviously, would secession make sense? Connecticut, I know, is a very high income state, and they're they're taxed heavily. New Jersey is another one. Vermont, but- it actually has a foothold. I mean, there's actually going to be a secessionist conference coming up in Vermont, uh, I believe, in a week from today. I don't know if you heard about that. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. That's, that's, well, I, I had heard some rumblings, but I wasn't know, didn't know that I was serious. I, this I is know. great. No, Secession news is all over. There's, uh, there, I believe there are carpools uh, going from New Hampshire to uh, the, the capital of Vermont to attend this secessionist uh, it's like a one-day kind of conference thing. What a and joy. The Vermont, uh, the second Vermont, I think they call themselves the second Vermont Republic. Anyway, the Vermont Secessionist Group is a fairly mature group that actually has formed its own political party, has run candidates for uh, for governor and other seats across the state on a secessionist platform. Vermont is so fascinating. They're, they're a type of... You know, nanny statism, but also freedom lovingness is a weird mix. I mean, it's one of the only places I know of you can walk around naked with just a a holster and a gun. (laughs) (laughs) What a wonderland. Yep. And uh, it is an interesting place. Now, Vermont was one of the 10 candidate states for New Hampshire's uh, for the Free State Project. So prior to the Free State Project picking New Hampshire, Vermont was uh, one of the options. And so it's good to have them next door. You know, it's good to have a you know robust secessionist movement right next door. And I think that it's something to uh, to which we can aspire because honestly, the activists in New Hampshire are behind the ball uh, when it comes to secession. We you know, need to get get out there in the uh, in the front. It's true, and for multiple reasons, not just political reasons, but you know, the folks in New Hampshire and the Vermont area benefit from the folks who are interested in the political uh, ideologies of secession because. They have built a network where people are providing jobs for each other. They provide food for each other. And so there's this sort of neighborhood mentality of, I get my food locally, mm-hmm. don't you? You know, And that's a really healthy um, thing for a community that wants to survive and thrive in times that could be very difficult in the years to come. So you know, whether or not Vermont is successful in seceding, I think it's important that uh, you know, folks are building these networks so that they can depend on one another and not be uh, you know dependent on say FEMA. Absolutely, and I think that there's nothing more important I, as far as changes in politics and you know kind of inside the system activism goes. It seems to me that secession is the most important issue that we could possibly be talking about. There's always a lot of issues in politics, right? You know, oh well, you know, medical marijuana, yes or no, uh, industrial you know, hemp, whatever. You know, that. there's all kinds of issues, and many of them I support. 
Uh, gay marriage, you know, is another good one. Obviously, there's, you know, we've got that here in New Hampshire now. Uh, so, you know, we, we've got a few things going for us uh, thus far. And obviously, there are over a thousand people here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. But not enough of them are talking about uh, secession. And that's something that I think can really change the way everything plays out. Secession's an interesting one, too, because it actually has a precedent. You know, not that, um, you know, it's a all that popular precedent with the Civil War. A lot of people, you know, evoke that sort of imagery. It's a negative minds, taste, but, yeah. Yeah. But at least it has been talked about for hundreds of years. Unlike gay marriage, not not an issue that, you know, was written into the Constitution, not something that uh, the founding fathers perhaps thought that, oh, well, you know, gay marriage is just something that we don't even need to write down. That's uh, everyone understands that concept. No, but the, yeah. for secession, that is the case. People felt as if, you know, they would always have the consent of the government. The, the government would have their consent or they could opt out. And so I, I'm really glad that this is an idea that's popular again and, and gaining more ground. Who could oppose this? I mean, who in their right mind could look at the idea of secession and say, no, nah, that's a terrible idea. We've, we've got to keep things status quo. We've got to keep Abe everybody Lincoln? tied in. Right, William. Who living today? <laughs> Who's not a politician? Uh, you know, who's who's an average person who could possibly oppose uh, the idea of secession? I mean, let, let's stay in the federal government. Let's keep having them extract uh, billions of dollars from us and then spend it on killing people all around the world. Uh, spend it on, you know, enriching bureaucracy, making government bigger, more intrusive, more oppressive than it's ever been. Who, who could support this? Let's buy some drones. I mean, what? Just vote for the right guy, Ian. Yeah, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. I will, on the local level, if they support secession. Free talk live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Hey, join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we give to you there. Uh, There's a lot of stuff on the site. and We give it all away. Listening options are included. All the stuff we give to you, those other talk show hosts, they charge for it. And what do we ask in return? That you like the show, you listen to Free Talk Live, follow us on Facebook, share the program, uh, your favorite episodes with your friends on your various social networking sites. Do things to help spread Free Talk Live. That's the most important thing you can do. But one of the other most important things is to become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks per month. You get extra bonuses with that, uh, like access to the Amp Only call-in lines, the Amp Only uh, podcast, and more. You can get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. But that money goes right into Free Talk Live. It is invested in the show to help us get on more radio stations across the country and bring the ideas of liberty and secession, for instance, uh, to new ears, to people that maybe haven't heard anybody ever talking about secession on the radio waves. So, I mean, how often does that happen? Probably not very often at all. 
Uh, so we're, we want to make that happen more often. And you can help us by becoming an amplifier and get those perks. Over at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Robert is in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Robert. Hi, Ian. How you doing? Hey, Robert. What's on your mind tonight? All right. Well, I just wanted to say, God, you guys have been uh, going, what, strong here for, what, five, six, seven years now? You know, uh, yeah, we've been syndicated now since uh, 2004, and the show itself has actually been on the air coming up on a decade. Wow. I I tell you what, that's really quite an accomplishment because I I saw some of your earlier videos, you know, with the the couch and stuff like that. It was really (laughs) fascinating. And uh, you've really come a long ways. I mean, in, in at first, I wasn't sure about which you know where this was going to go with you, mm. but I I, I kind of got the idea now. But but Excellent. I just wanted to congratulate you on that. Oh gosh, thanks. Well, tell me, since you're in Vermont, uh, Robert, and we've been talking about Vermont secession, you know what's what's it like over there as far as the secessionist party? I've heard they've gotten as much as five percent in the uh, governor's race there, uh, or at least the lieutenant governor, I think, candidate got five uh, percent because they run separately in Vermont, uh, apparently. D- do you uh, have any awareness of the secession movement there? Uh, not not really. I mean, I. Well, I can tell you, in terms of my experience in being in Vermont, I was actually a resident over in New Hampshire for over 40 years and have lived over here in Vermont for over five years. And it's like night and day. Um, when you say that, how is it so different? Yeah, what do you mean? Well, in terms of the fact that it's really laid back over here. If it was any more laid back, we'd be dead. (laughs) How about, how about food? I get the impression that a lot of Vermonters are buying local food. They don't go to big box stores. Uh, is that the right. uh, is that accurate? Oh yeah, we have a the, there's a, a uh, organic food farm that's about a mile down the road from where we live at, and it's fantastic. I mean, I don't know if I can throw names out there. I, this, it doesn't really this, matter. It seems to, it seems that that uh, a lot of people are going in that direction because they're concerned about. You know the E. coli and, and 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 stuff like that. Well, it's actually hard to build a big box store in Vermont. I mean, the uh, the people there and the governments uh, are kind of vehemently against. I don't think that you guys even have a Walmart in the state, do you? I believe that. Yeah, there's a Walmart over. Uh, wow. I, d- no, I think maybe not. I don't think you have that. <laughs> I know that uh, my ex girlfriend used to work for Panera Bread, uh, the Panera Bread Company, and they have franchises. Yeah. And the franchisee uh, for the New England region does not have any franchises in Vermont. Wow! It's not because there aren't I, people I, I, there that would buy their food. There probably are. It's just that uh, the governments there in Vermont are so kind of uh, you know commie that uh, they don't want to let anybody in that's you know from the corporate world. I know that uh, I have a small piece of property on Route 5, we'll say, in, in, in Vermont. And it's a commercial piece of property that, you know, anybody could, uh, could you could open up a Panera Bread. Uh, not if you're, no. I mean, a Walmart store in there. But. They'll stop you. Is, is that the, 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 the Vermont, they're, they're real sticklers about things. Well, no, wait a minute. When you say they're going to stop you, it sounds like Robert here is saying, well, he he would 
uh, sell, or you know, maybe he's not making the claim, but he's saying others would at least sell their property to Panera and, and sure, let but them you still have it, to go th- through the approval process or the board, what? Of whatever board of. Uh, so I mean, you're I saying that you know when they fill out the government forms, the government would just say, "No, we're tearing these up. You're not. You're not doing this." The, yeah, I mean, they just what? don't want to allow places like Walmart to build in uh, in Vermont. Goodness, don't well, they like money? They're, they're, one of the one of the lots that we have is is a commercial 21 acre lot that's more than big enough. To put sure. Oh, there's plenty of room in Vermont. I mean, it's incredibly undeveloped. You know, the the population like right off of. It, it, the exit's like right off of 91. Sure, and the well, the population and... in Vermont is half the size of uh, of New Hampshire, so the state is about the same size. The population's about half. Uh, hey, Robert, right. thanks for the call, man. I'm glad uh, you're enjoying the show, and I appreciate hearing from you tonight. So there's plenty of room in Vermont, uh, plenty of room in New Hampshire, too. It's mostly woods up here. Uh, this, the biggest city in New Hampshire is 100,000 people. I don't know what the biggest city in uh, in Vermont is. I doubt it's that much. And so there's plenty of room. I mean, Home Depot's got a store over in uh, Brattleboro, which is the town to the west of Keene. It's the first town in Vermont that you hit. Hey, that's pretty um, big box and corporate. If that you is ask a big me. box corporate uh, store. So you know, I guess some big box corporate stores are okay uh, if they help only you if build they the sell house. wood. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> if, who knows what their rationale is? But that's just the way it is in Vermont. And that's, I guess that's probably one of the reasons why Vermont did not win uh, the choice of the the Free State Project. I don't believe it was even in the top three. Uh, so as far as the results of – because when the Free State Project reached 5,000 members, they had a vote. There were 10 candidate states. Uh, New Hampshire was one of them. There were uh, – most of the others were in the northern kind of uh, region of the country because there's less people. The main qualifying factor is that it was less than – population of less than 1.5 million uh, to be qualified to be a state with the Free State Project. Right. And for those considering the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, that's one of the reasons I enjoy the west part of New Hampshire is because it shares its border with Vermont. And because of uh, the CSAs that Robert was just mentioning when he called in, um, you know, it's it's great to be able to access a, a network of, you know, a community of people who feeds each other. Um, yeah. That's just really exciting to me because that's not happening, you know, in, in Philadelphia or New Jersey and some of the places where I've spent time. So this is great. Yeah, I'm looking here on the uh, on the the Walmart website typed in Vermont, and they do have one. Oh, well, congratulations, two. Walmart! They've you got made two, it. <laughs> just two, and and compared with every other state, I I wonder how that measures up. So, uh, yeah, I don't. It's probably not not very uh, many. It's probably the lowest, I would guess, count of WalMarts in all of the country. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, plenty of time for you and your thoughts. We've been talking about secession, and you know, I've still yet to hear a good reason to not secede. Besides the fear-mongering, besides the idea that, my God, if you secede, they're going to roll in tanks. They'll nuke the place. Uh, these tend to be some of the responses uh, to folks, you know, as far as what they have to say when you initially bring up the idea of let's break this, uh, let's break this country up. Let's let's have fifty different governments, or you know, at least a half a dozen. I mean, maybe with secession things would go differently. Maybe uh, you know, the western, uh, the west coast would all block together as one uh, country. You know, California, Washington, Oregon would all be Pacifica or something like that, <laughs> and uh, you know, well, you know, whatever. The, the, the bread basket or there could be different regions the bible belt that would be so cute but i yeah right <laughs> it actually looks like a belt uh but you know i i wouldn't uh, want to be seceding with vermont or or massachusetts or or maine i, w- I wouldn't want to like team up with them they 
they're just too different from New Hampshire. Yeah, I would think that uh, for a lot of folks, the um, fight, for lack of a better word, for secession would uh, continue right on down to the individual level. Absolutely. Let's go to uh, the phones here. But Leakage is on the line in Indiana. You're oh on Free Talk Live. Uh, did your mom give you that name? Uh, no, it's a video game name. Oh, okay. From what game? Oh, I play uh, FPS, like running around shooting people. I see. So that's just your name in the uh, the FPS. Yeah, yeah. Where, where would uh, someone who where would someone who is fragging in uh, FPS land find you uh, playing? Uh, Battlefield game. Battlefield. Yeah. So there you go. Now, if you ever see butt leakage uh, in a <laughs> battlefield, you know who you uh, you know who you're fragging. Go How ahead. are you doing tonight? Yeah. <laughs> name quite. I have made quite a name for myself, actually. I bet you have. Well, you go right ahead with your thoughts. Okay. Uh, I want to explain binary code in one call. Oh boy, this is going to be gripping. I'll tell you what. Hang on, uh, and hopefully you can explain it in a way that will make it useful. And interesting to our international radio audience, because uh, if not, we're going to end the call quickly. 855-450-FREE. Binary code. Derek J., are you ready for this? I can't wait. All right. 855-450-3733. Some people are like, what? Binary <laughs> what? It's Free Talk Live. Hour two's next. You take control. If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. Dial in toll-free, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hey, there goes that music bit. Disappeared on yeah, me. That went really fast. one 3733 Take control of the airwaves. We're going to go right into your phone calls. Coming up, we've been talking about international news. And since we talked about Spain, let's talk about France. We'll get to that story here in a moment about uh, apparently the tax rate in France going crazy. Insane. Uh, but first, we go back to butt leakage is his name. So he says... Uh, and he's back on Free Talk Live from Indiana. You wanted to explain to us binary code? Yes. And you will be able to do this in a way that will be relevant and timely and interesting to the majority of our listening, general listening audience who are not free. Uh, they are not FPS gamers. Uh, they are not programmers uh, for uh, you know computer systems. Okay. Okay. Here it goes. Why should right. first of all, before you go into this, why should the average listener care about what binary is? Well, everybody's always thinking about the ones and zeros, right? And it's always a big deal. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Well, I mean, it's it's a quick explanation. It's actually super easy. All right. Hit me. Okay. A transistor is an electronic component that is simply a switch. It is either on or off. 
Of course, yep. they're very tiny. That's why you can put billions of them inside of a processor. Okay. Well, if you start from the right and go to the left instead of going from the left to the right, and you start off with one, and then you you double it to two, and then you double that to four, and then you double that to eight, 16, 32, mm-hmm. 64. You know, that's why you get like the Nintendo 64, the 256K yeah. modem. Okay, right. that's, that's binary, okay? So... It's either on or off, one or zero. And it's a counting up. So if all of the transistors are off, it'll be zero. If all of the transistors are off, but the one on the far right, which represents the number one, is a one or on, then that equals one. If all of the transistors are off and the one at the very end is off, but the one to the left of it, which is the two transistor is on, that's two. Mm-hmm. How do you count up to three? You take two plus one. So... It's all zeros, one, one equals three. Then all zeros, one, zero, zero is four because that's the number four transistor. It's on. And the number two transistor is off. The one transistor is off. How do you get five? Well, are you going to count? Zeros. How far are you going to count? Is this like a well, seriously? Just to make it logic. You know, yeah, because it goes one, two, four, eight. So the number eight <laughs> is one, zero, zero, zero. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is so, great, but I mean, uh, I think you've already lost uh, most everybody in uh, in the audience. Look, I get that binary is important, and this is what you should have answered in the first place when I asked you why it's relevant. Uh, the answer to that question is because everything that's digital is based on this. So yes, you know, when you, you put a uh, CD-ROM in a computer, if anybody still uses CD-ROMs, uh, no. you know, it's it's reading holes. It's reading holes in a uh, you know, basically like an aluminum sheet that's uh, in that disc. Yes. And the, these holes are called transistors. Yeah, and if the laser passes through, then, uh, then you know that's a, a zero or whatever, and if it doesn't, then that's a yes. one. And yep. uh, in all of these zeros and ones together, make the beautiful picture that you see on your Blu-ray uh, player. And you know, but leakage. I appreciate the call. I appreciate your attempt, uh, but it ended up being a, a counting uh, exercise, and we don't really need to spend national radio time on that. But uh, anyway, my point being that uh, binary is important because that is the basis of everything that's digital, and of course, everything that's digital is so important to our lives today. But ultimately, that's really all you need to know about it. Right, and anyone who programs, uh, you know, they don't even use binary. They're they're using programming languages, which is you know converted into machine code and then into binary. So that's true. You know, now we're getting a little bit more esoteric. But uh, the the binary that you're talking about, back in the day, they used to have uh, yeah, punch they had, cards. Like, punch cards that people would actually need to know what this stuff was. But you know, now it's converted into more like an English type language, right? You no, know, where it doesn't look like English that you would read in a book, but at least the words are recognizable and they're actually words instead you of type the digits. words when you're programming and uh, as opposed to the punch cards where you would literally have to punch out you know holes essentially for you know to have the computer recognize uh, numbers and stuff like that and isn't it exciting that yeah the whole world seems to use english when when programming is that right yeah i didn't know that yeah so you know that are you a programmer yeah i actually competitively programmed really back when i was in high school so i found butt leakages <laughs> rant a little bit exciting i i yeah. was uh, i was enjoying that because that was a little bit of a recap from programming 101 but yeah i don't know if that was a troll call or not like did he just want to count up numbers uh he's in binary? just he's just innocent fun you think he's, so yeah he's called before and okay. and just had an innocent fun question maybe he'll call again with something similar you know uh something i wanted to mention uh, but i didn't get a chance last hour and i think it's important I don't want to like forget it tonight 
is uh, this show is brought to you by Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, which is your movie, Derek J. And uh, it is available for free. Folks can watch it at victimlesscrimespree.com. And it's been up now for over a month. It's closing in on 20,000 views on YouTube. I don't know how many people have downloaded it on Torrent. There's no way to track that statistic. Uh, but there's you know people that are downloading it there as well. How many folks have downloaded and, and shared it with their friends? How many have uh, you know had a, a movie night where friends come over and watch this? I don't know. So how many people have actually seen the film? We can't predict that. We don't know the answer. But uh, it's doing very well. Uh, you know we're not trying to make money off of it. In fact, it's available free at victimlesscrimespree.com. But what I did want to mention is that there's a fundraiser going on right now. We're running a contest actually, and it is a contest for an exclusive autographed. Movie poster. So a two by three, so two foot by three foot kind of standard uh, movie poster dimensions. Uh, that is uh, is now up over at victimlesscrimespree.com. I put the information about the contest right on the front page of the site while the contest is running. And uh, basically, we're going to give away two. I mean, this is exclusive. We're giving away two movie posters. One of them will be to online fans. Uh, the other will be to people that actually come physically to the live premiere. We're actually going to premiere Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree in just over a week from tonight. So uh, this next Saturday, the 15th, in Keene, New Hampshire, we'll be at the uh, the Keene Cinemas uh, movie complex here in town. And uh, we'll be premiering the film at 9.45 in the morning. So it's bright and early, uh, but it's going to be worth the trip because, Derek J., you're going to be there in person. That's right. And uh, there's going to be a Q&A session. Hopefully people will have questions uh, after the film is over. Oh, we're I know have, people are going to have questions. We're going to have uh, – I'd love to pack the theater full of people, and then we're guaranteed to have a really good Q&A session. Uh there are no tickets to buy. You just show up, first come, first serve, first in the door. Uh, you get in for free. And that's because I, as the executive producer, have ponied up the cash up front to make this a free event. I, I, you know, I could have I done it two ways. We could have done it where the theater was charging an amount to get in, and then there would have been a split between us and the, and the theater. And I just thought, you know, I want to make sure everyone can see this film who wants to see the film to where, you know, five bucks or ten bucks is going to be too much for some people. I want everybody to get in. Right, and it's keeping in line with the uh, the theme of you know putting this movie out on YouTube and yeah. out in, in the torrent version so that folks, it, it is accessible. And a lot of folks have been enjoying it who would never come across this movie otherwise. Yep. So I, I find that to be uh, really enjoyable hearing from, you know, like grandparent-esque type people in, in this. <laughs> I enjoyed your film. It's <laughs> like, what? Good, really? Great. <laughs> if you like a good movie, this is a good movie. And it's a documentary, and it's not a boring documentary at all so it's very Very fast paced and uh you know there's something for everyone in there so here's how you win uh you don't have to be at the premiere if you're at the premiere you have a chance to win a poster at the premiere if you are uh, contributing money at the premiere because we're going to take donations to help cover the cost of the theater right so if you uh if you put some money in at the the theater you'll possibly win a poster at the theater but you can also win one online so maybe you aren't anywhere near Keene, new hampshire and you can't make it here for the premiere that's okay we've got an online only uh giveaway that we're going to do and the way it works is it's five bucks for one raffle ticket, ten dollars for three. So if you go to victimlesscrimespree.com, you'll see a chip in there on the front page of the site. Just chip into that chip in whatever amount you want to. Uh, and you know if it's if it's more than ten bucks and it's every ten dollar increment, you'll get three tickets for that. So we had a guy put in a hundred bucks, uh, I think yesterday, Boom. which is great. And obviously you get more chances then. So the more you put in, the better your chances. And it's going to be, of course, Derek J. autographed. So not only is it exclusive in that there are only two of them being given away, uh, and there are only five being printed. So the other three are going to the production team. You, myself, and, and Bo, the editor, will all get one. 
Um, so only two will be available to the public, and they will both be uh, be autographed. So if you want a chance at that, come and get it, folks. VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. Get over there. Get your uh, your money into the chip in at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. It helps us cover the cost of the theater. It's uh, We call it sponsoring a seat. You're sponsoring a seat in the theater because you can't make it. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Take control of the airwaves and do it toll-free. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we share with you there. Uh, They're all completely free. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include our mobile site. For those of you with a smartphone, you may visit m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. To get quick access to our live uh, live streams, we've got three different uh, sizes. We've got broadband, midband, and narrowband. So different bit rates for different size internet connections. You'll find all that at m.freetalklive.com. Also, links to software for various different operating systems, phone uh, brands that uh, you'll be able to utilize to listen to those streams. Plus, there's our podcast available there, too. Go to m.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live brought to you by the Free State Project. Your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime is to move together with other people who think like you do. I'm actually eating food created by another Free State Project participant right now. Like, that's how great things are here. I don't even have to feed myself some nights uh, because there are uh, other liberty activists in the area who really enjoy being in the kitchen and uh, they, you know, cook food for on a kind of an agorist basis, you know, without governmental permission, uh, cook food for people. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they're making a bunch of money off of it, but it's something they're doing for the community. And it's really cool. If they weren't making money, they wouldn't do it. Well, I would think it wouldn't go on for very long. That's for sure. And uh, Shauna is uh, a great cook and we're lucky to have her here in the uh, the Keene area. But, you know, this is one of the, the nice things about having a community of people that uh, that loves the ideas of liberty is different people are, are good at different things and they can focus on the things that uh, that they're good about. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you're cooking for activists, that's activism. You know, like there's different levels of activism, different uh, styles of activism. There's politics, there's civil disobedience, there's, you know, street theater, there's outreach, uh, creating media and, you know, cooking. That's something, too. I think it counts. Uh, so 855-450-FREE. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about a movement of over a thousand now people who are here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. There are over 12,500 people who are pledged to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and get together and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. That's why you're here, and that's why I'm here, Derek J. That's why I came. Yeah, and it's great. 
and uh, it's 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 sad that you're going to have to leave soon because you're going on your exile tour. Yeah, I don't feel very safe here anymore. Not because the uh, activists haven't been wonderful and the environment and the landscape is great, but uh, yeah, the the police uh, really have it out for me. So I have to get out of here for a little while, at least while I have three years of prison time over my head. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you'll be gone. You'll be touring around the country, and uh, people can follow what you're doing over at libertyontour.com. Just blogged there earlier today. Yes, Excellent. check out Liberty on Tour. Com. That's where I'll be blogging about the Exile Tour. There's also my personal blog, which is livefreeordance.com, and that's where I'm blogging about some other more personal things. Great. And I, I hope you'll still continue to blog at Freekeen as well. You know, put selected whatever's features from your other blogs over there as you feel appropriate, because I know that uh, there's a decent audience there, and I'm sure they love to hear updates from you. Great. So maybe they haven't yet gotten the clue uh, that you're blogging over at uh, LibertyOnTour.com, which is you know something you can do is uh, clue them in and point them there with uh, with updates. So uh, I'm looking forward to following and seeing what happens when you're on the road because you're going to be meeting all kinds of interesting people going from place to place and hooking up with other liberty activists in various different places, including Washington, D.C., which is probably one of the scariest places uh, to be a liberty activist. But uh, you're going there. You're going to be doing some interning uh, or I guess an actual like a paid gig with yeah, uh, Adam yeah. Cash. Yeah, it's a it's a real gig, and uh, so folks can look forward to an upcoming comedy news show um, produced by uh, Adam and I and some other collaborators, and so that should be coming up in October, if not sooner. So get ready for some laughs and some news from a Liberty perspective. Excellent news. All right. So, Derek, you wanted to share with us, since we've been talking about uh, Spain and the secession going on there, maybe we'll hear some secession rumblings coming out of France in a little bit, because it uh, sounds like people are pretty upset about I the tax be. rate there. Yeah, I would be upset. Uh, so, some background for folks who weren't paying attention. I had to clue myself in, uh, because I wasn't paying attention to France's election very closely. But uh, the, the basic gist is France had an election recently. Um, Sarkozy was the president before. He ran for re-election. And this challenger was Francois Holland. And he ran on this really popular campaign of tax the rich at 75%. That stuff always works with people. Hey, what do we want? Free stuff. When do we want it? Now. So that's pretty much the campaign he ran on. And he won. Big surprise. So, you know, landslide victory for him. He's he's part of the socialist government. And uh, today, or earlier, yeah, earlier yesterday, he was facing uh, mounting questions about whether or not he was going to back down on that promise of... Taxing the rich at seventy five percent, and he, you know, some some folks in the government uh, had reported that the rate would be reduced down to sixty seven percent. You know, t- to me, that's just that's sort of nominal. Once it's over fifty oh, percent, yeah. it's completely it's ridiculous. Brutal. And I would want to get out of there, you know, r- immediately. But. Yeah, uh, so he says, no, no, I'm definitely going to stick to it. Um, For folks who make over a million euros a year, they are taxed at 75%, and this is going to be starting in 2013. It hasn't taken effect yet. Oh, yeah, good enough. That's enough time to get out. Yeah, absolutely. So I I anticipate, you know, that there are going to be a lot of people who are unhappy with this. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that a lot of the job producers... You know, are are going to stay and say, well, it's it's worth it for the government to take three quarters of my income Who would and leave that? me with the scraps of just one quarter of At what you produce. At some point, I mean, you've got to get fed up and actually do something. What about is that, that? Six hours of your day that you get to keep? It's tremendous. Forget about it's it. It's outrageous. So, yes, that uh, is is part of the scenario, and and I don't think 
folks are going to stand for. And with what's going on in Spain uh, with the secessionist movement, I see the same thing. It's about to happen. People either voting with their feet and getting the heck out of France, because what mm-hmm. does France have that Germany or you know any of the other places don't have sure. it's all europe it's all <laughs> almost the same surely there are differences but uh it's not hard to go somewhere else right right i mean yeah people are people and so i'm sure they either will move or have some sort of popular secessionist movement or what is I mean, it that, what is immigration like within the euro uh you know the, the, the kind of european union i get is the it impression difficult? it's well, I don't know about immigration, but I know the travel is a lot easier. I get right. the impression, you know, people are able to take a, a plane flight from anywhere in Europe to another part of or Europe train. for $50. Or a lot of trains. Yeah, but for, for the equivalent of about $50, you, right. can, you can get from one part of the continent to the other. So wh- why wouldn't folks just be moving all over the place to wherever there's the most economic freedom? Baffles me that anyone would stay in France unless you're just, you know, l- looking for a free handout. I yeah it is it's shocking but yet uh you know there's tax rates that are pretty high here in the US and you you see that happening like uh, folks leaving the empire state uh, a lot of producers are leaving the states that have the higher tax rates for states with lower tax rates so that certainly uh certainly does happen here well david cameron the british prime minister actually made a comment about um holland's the president of france uh, comment, and he said that he would be rolling out the red carpet. That's a quote for the to, people that want to leave. French businesses and individuals fleeing the That's new good. regime. That's a smart thing for him to do. Hey, I think it's brilliant, and I think a lot of folks are going to take him up on that offer. I don't think I'd want to go to Great Britain, but uh, you know, you got to go somewhere. It's better to leave the place where they've got the seventy-five percent tax rate and go anywhere else. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Of course, here in the U.S. They, you know, they're hitting you at 30 to 50 percent taxes, but then they hit you with all kinds of other taxes. So it really probably does end up being 75 percent for a lot of people. They just don't realize it. It's free talk. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves here. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. And uh, don't forget, you can join Derek J. over on his website, livefreerdance.com. Also, the uh, the site that he is uh, blogging on about his tour is Liberty on Tour, his exile tour, libertyontour.com. Uh, so plenty of uh, ways to get uh, more from Derek J. there. 855-450-FREE allows you to get in touch tonight. You can, of course, call in about whatever might happen to be on your mind. Got some bad cop stories uh, coming up here if we get the chance, including a perverted cop who's been busted. I uh, can share that with you. But we've been talking about uh, tax rates and uh, secession, and apparently in France, the uh, proposal here is that, or the what's coming down the pipe is that uh, in the beginning of 2013, they're going to be raising the top tax tier to 75 percent for the richest of uh, folks in France. That's right, and that excludes the the end of this article. It came from the Financial Times, by the way, so folks mm-hmm. can look this up. It's at ft.com. It excludes certain professionals. Like sports and movie stars. K- 
Can you believe this? Oh, wow. Just boom. Just we, we love our stars. We let them have whatever they want. But all you business people that are actually producing something, uh, you know, like that people want to buy besides, you know, entertainment, uh, screw you. We don't want you around here. It's, it's amazing to me. I, so, of course... I can see the uh, the entertainment industry, the people who the, the the masses are watching. These people are not going to be complaining about the tax rates. It's mm. all only going to be those greedy capitalists. That's a so great point. Yeah, because the movie people are you know influential. We were talking the other night on Free Talk Live about this pop culture obsession that so many Madonna Americans just have. endorsed Obama. So Did I mean, she? Yeah, yeah. So geez. this is like just. It's ridiculous. All the all the movie star people. It's they're all in the bag for just the the same old regimes. It's it's sad. just history you know, rhyming. Madonna made uh, a kind of a, a lot of news. She made a splash during the Ultra Festival down in Florida. I don't know if you heard about it this no, year. No, what's this? Uh, this year's Ultra Music's an electronic music festival, and she All was right. one of the headliners there, even though she's not really electronic music. No, she's but, not. That doesn't uh, count. But, you know, if you can get Madonna for your event, then sure. why not, right? Yeah. Uh, so she got on the stage, and I guess her new album's name is MDNA. I yeah, think. yeah, that and was really cute. She made some sort of comment about uh, Molly, which is a yeah. street slang for... Uh, for basically for MDMA ecstasy and uh, she made a comment about it and it was you know a very positive sounding comment sort of acknowledging that hey it's an electronic music festival probably a lot of people that are on uh, ecstasy and so that's kind of she was commenting about that and she made a splash because you know this is controversial like Madonna's endorsing drug use on stage and there she goes endorsing Barack Obama, who is nothing more than a scumbag drug warrior who's putting the very people that are buying her albums in jail cells. The people that were attending her concerts are being put in jail cells by this man, and she endorses him. Sick. Confusing. People are very confused. Well, they don't know what they're doing. I'm sure it's just the money talking and not actually her you know, rational self-interest here. You know, it's, it's her self-interest to, to take money from people who mm. um, you know, want her to endorse Obama. But yeah, if she could rub two brain cells together, she would see that Obama would just as soon put anyone in jail for having uh, MDMA than... You know, cocaine or weed or any he of the other even drugs back that off he's on done. Weed. Yeah, right. The I mean, drugs he a, that he's done, he, he was a pothead. Big people time. in jail for big time. If you if you look at the uh, the bios about him when he was growing up, total pothead. Right, and uh, he he admits that, and he even says a little bit of blow, joking yeah. about it, using street names for the, for right. the things that he did, like it's a joke. Right, and what he's doing. as if his life would be better off had he served prison time. You know, as if he would actually end up being the president of the right. United States or you know, even had senator he, had he done prison time for the drugs that he did but no he has no problem putting other people in jail and a lot of people don't know that oh because they're, they're like oh well weed is legal in Co- you know colorado and california weed's fine there no they're still the feds are still intercepting At these, his these dispensaries and he's he's in charge so i mean i don't know how any pot smoker can still support obama when they know that he is telling other people to go in and raid dispensaries yep. where people are getting their medicine he wants to put you in jail or your friends if they're pot users they want to be, they want to put your he wants to put your family members your friends in jail and is not apologetic about it for doing the very same thing that he once did. And, of course, Romney's no better. I don't want to make it sound like we're bashing <laughs> Obama or Obama to support Romney. He's no better. Romney's a, a total jerk-off when it comes to uh, how he treats people, for even for medical marijuana. There was a guy who was in a Oh, uh, the video of the guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. He was asking, you know, would you arrest me if I used marijuana for medicine? He what blew are- him off. <sighs> Just didn't even respond. And I can't say Obama would have treated him any differently, but, uh, you know, the scumbags are scumbags, and Obama and Romney are 
total scumbags. Yeah, he's he's never made any comment about you say ending prohibition or, or comparing the uh, prohibition of marijuana to the prohibition of alcohol. Like a lot of people will make the comparison. Ron Paul makes the comparison, and people know that prohibition doesn't work. You know, as an aside, since we're talking about the political candidates for a moment, did you see the video where, um, as our uh, token gay man on the show tonight, oh god, did you, did you see the video where Romney sits down with uh, a gay uh, Vietnam veteran? Oh, okay, yeah, this is an older one. Is this it that? Is, is it old? Yeah. I just saw it the other day on Facebook. So okay, I didn't so it was you that recap old. the story for us, real so quick. So he's in New Hampshire and yep. uh, campaigning. I guess it was you know during the primary. And he's introduced to this, uh, you know, Vietnam veteran. The dude's got some kind of a, you know, war hat on. You know how they have those, uh, the, the old men like to wear their Yeah, it looks like the, the hamburger hats. flipper hat. <laughs> you know, the pointed ones that look sort of like a sailboat. So he's uh, introduced to this guy. And of course, Romney, you know, his world only exists. He, he's got this you know, very regimented uh, version of the world where if you're in the military, there's no chance that you're a gay man, right? So like... He thinks this dude is like your standard military war veteran kind of rough and guff old man. And he is, but he's gay. And that's the part that Romney is like completely not in on. He does not realize this about him as he sits down. He's like, oh, yeah, you, how old are you? Oh, yeah, you were in Vietnam. Well, I'm, well, I was in college at that time. I Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's kind of this politician schmooze talk. And uh, he sits down at the table and this dude corners him with a question about uh, about gay marriage basically and romney is like a deer in headlights he doesn't he wasn't expecting to hear that from somebody who you know was in the military boom because uh, he's smacked in the face yeah he's so used to having his militaristic uh conservative brethren surrounding him and you know pumping him up and and then all of a sudden this you know vietnam's grizzled vietnam that uh, hits him with a question about gay marriage and of course he's oh well i think marriage is uh between a man and a woman that's what i think and uh, of course, the the military vet is just like so. Basically, you don't support my right to have a partner and have that person, you know, be able to see me in the hospital and you know have benefits uh, as a female partner would. But he's a man, and of course, the guy sitting across from him is his you know life partner, another another guy. It was interesting. Boom! Yeah, How was, uncomfortable yeah. could a politician <laughs> ever be? I think that that must be it for him. I can't imagine he was ever made to feel more uncomfortable than that moment. And it was great. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to that New Hampshire vet. For sure. Um, because I, I really enjoyed watching that. And I hope that it gave Mitt Romney a chance to reflect and say, hope so. how how would I feel if this were my, my lover, This if I were in this situation? So good on him. Let's go to Gib in Sudamerica. Gib, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Derek J. Hey, Derek J. and Ian. I just wanted to say I downloaded uh, the Victimless Crime Spree. I love it. Excellent. Rock on. Great job. Did you download the torrent? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. And yeah, I'm, down you... here spe- I'm down here teaching English, and I downloaded it, and it's a little entertaining for me, so it was great to watch, and I just wanted to congratulate you on a great job and uh, hope that you have a good uh, opening night. Oh, cool. thank you. Yeah, it's cool. actually going to be an opening morning. We're doing the premiere at 9.45 a.m. Uh, at Keen Cinemas. You know, I could have done an, like an 11 o'clock at night show or midnight show or something like that, but I figured, 
it would be easier to get people to come out in the morning for something on on a weekend. You know, I think so. I don't want to try to take away somebody's nighttime, and uh, in this way, we can kind of make a real event out of it. We'll have uh, you know the Q and A after the premiere. We'll have a luncheon in the park uh, as well afterwards. So it'll be just kind of a, a whole Derek J morning basically, and I think that'll be fun. You know, Gib, running from the police is the same in all languages, so I hope that your students can enjoy this movie, too. <laughs> Gib, I don't know if you had more. You just wanted to say something nice. If uh, if you do have more, you're welcome to stick with us and bring that up in a moment. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, of course. For those that don't know, we're talking about Derek J's victimless crime spree. That's what he's bringing up. You can see it yourself free right now, or after the show's over, at victimlesscrimespree.com. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And here in the studio with you tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. Uh, so, you know, more international news here. This one from Germany. We're so international According today. to the uh, Huffington Post, an elderly German farmer's field went to pot on Tuesday after local drug enforcement agents knocked on his door to inquire about the crop of cannabis growing on his property. According to CNBC, the 74-year-old Bavarian man told police he had wanted to plant sunflowers in a fallow field that he normally uses for growing potatoes. Since he didn't have any sunflower seeds handy, the farmer decided to scatter bird seed around the field instead. According to Local, the bird seed mix that he used contained hemp, resulting in an unintentional crop of more than 1,000 cannabis plants. Concerned, now, can you call it, I guess you can call it cannabis if it's still hemp, right? I would. Okay. Concerned neighbors alerted police to the field of 10-foot-tall plants, which the farmer had failed to recognize as cannabis. He's 74, so he He may not know. I don't know. How can you not know? I mean, if you're looking for sunflowers, presumably you would know what... Uh, yeah, but he knew they weren't sunflowers. Oh, he right. couldn't find the sunflower seeds. So it was yeah. just mixed seeds. So Good he didn't point. know what they were. He just, oh, great, I have some plants now instead of fallow field. Once the police explained the situation, the man proceeded to plow the field with his tractor, destroying the hemp. Boy. An NBC News translation of a Bavarian press release from the police stated the cannabis the farmer grew was too weak to have an intoxicating effect. That's because it was hemp. Uh, and hemp does not have uh, the necessary THC uh, flowing through its veins. The farmer isn't off the hook just yet. However, Bavarian police spokesperson Stefan Brabitz told NBC the man's case still has to go in front of a judge who will decide whether or not to file formal charges. Although this farmer's hemp cultivation appears to have been a mistake, other farmers have been caught red-handed growing psychoactive cannabis, also known as marijuana. In 2011, state and federal drug enforcement agents arrested two California brothers growing, uh, known for growing tomatoes 
after they raised a pot crop in their hothouse. The DEA sees 2,168 plants in their raid. And then they go on to explain that hemp is a kind of cannabis grown in different parts of the world, such as Canada, for use as grain and fiber. Germany once had a ban on hemp growing, but according to the Hemp Industries Association, that restriction was lifted in 1995. However, CNBC reported that under German law, it is illegal to knowingly grow cannabis. So he didn't know. And it would seem as though that uh, he should be able to be let off the hook uh, in this particular case. Let the old man go. But he's someone's grandpa. But I think that's you know one of the interesting parts about this is that it really shows how ridiculous these drug laws are. Like this old man just acci- literally accidentally planted a thousand cannabis plants. He's a threat. And look at all of this response that has happened here. I mean, he hasn't a- intended you know to sell pot to kids or anything like that. I mean, there's no. You know, malintent on this man's part. Not that there's anything bad about cannabis at all, but, uh, but you know, this there's nothing that you can ascribe to this man as you know wanting to be some sort of a drug dealer. That's clearly not what was uh, going on here. He wasn't trying to conceal this crop. It was right out there in the open. It was so they. I mean, they'd been growing for so long they'd reached ten feet tall. So clearly, you know, they were untouched for quite a while. And it just really shows, like, look, this old, you know, nice old man, he's just growing some hemp. Now it's a problem. Hey, you're, you're trying to make this old guy out like he's no problem. But, buddy, I'll tell you, you, you just want everyone to grow these plants. You, you're going to let anyone do it. I would love for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, anybody who wants to should be able to grow whatever damn plants they want to. I mean, the whole idea that a plant is illegal in the first place is ludicrous. It's out. It's an outrage Look, against the, human the freedom. Trying to protect us, okay? And they know what's best, so they'll t- they'll tell you what plants you can and can't have. Otherwise, kids will be taking this stuff. You know, we, they'll have it in schools. Ian. <laughs> well, and of course, they already do. I mean, any, anybody that's ever uh, been to school knows that cannabis is available. Uh, there's always somebody on school campus, or more than one person, who's willing to sell some to you. And the reality is that uh, people in government schools and all schools are uh, reporting that they can easily get cannabis in comparison to alcohol. It's actually more difficult for them to get their hands on alcohol. Well, look, we have to treat all criminals the same. It doesn't matter that he's 74 and didn't know what he was doing. We have <laughs> Send to treat him to them the all. gulag. Yeah, or else there's no such thing as justice or the rule of law, Ian. Jer- so just be real here. Jeremy's on the line in Philly. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Derek J. Hey. Hi. Um, I. Um I was looking. I was uh, reading uh, the, uh, my local paper the uh, other day um, from Delaware County, which is um, about right next to Philly. And um, there was an article from the police chief, and it was about a recent drug raid. And um, I've heard you guys talk about the drug war on the show. And um, just reading the article, there was just so much. And I, I don't know if I want to call it double think or cognitive dissonance, but it wasn't making sense because the Basically, um, the raid was multi-jurisdictional, so there was like U.S. Marshals, county sheriff, local police, state police, and part part of the raid was warrant service. I think they had like something like 30 warrants, but they were also talking about how they were arresting drug dealers and that they had caught like like 15 users. But it was really, really interesting because they admitted in the article that 
people were becoming extremely addicted to opiates and they were committing crimes to get it. it the, the police chief even admitted in the article that there were robberies and uh, and uh, break-ins and cars vandalized. Like he he admitted that people were committing crimes to get the drugs. And then, and just a uh, point of clarification, Jeremy, the opiates you're talking about, we're talking about prescription pills. Uh, heroin. Oh, heroin. Okay. Because both and, of them um, are very popular. Yeah. Heroin's popular, and there's a different market for people that are into, uh, you know, oxycodone, which is basically a legal version of uh, of heroin. Or uh, you know, kind of a well, pres- the, the, prescription uh, version. Folks, uh, folks who are addicted to the pills, um, uh, I think the addiction is is. is uh, I mean, the the violence and the crimes to fuel the addiction is is, is I think is similar. But yes, they even uh, and and uh, and the uh, reporter for the paper was saying how the the uh, SWAT team or whatever the agents kicked down a door that was unlocked. The, the person didn't even have their door uh, unlocked. The police just kicked it down, and uh, the uh, reporter was was saying that they dragged someone's boyfriend out of the house, and they apparently disassembled their vacuum cleaner, and it turns out they had the wrong house. Okay. And then, uh, but, but they still arrested people for drugs, and they they uh, said, oh, well, um, we arrested drug users, and, and the uh, police chief said that the drug users are beginning their treatment in prison. And then um, he, um, uh, towards the end of the article, he said that they're that they're they're going to continue their efforts to keep Del- uh, to keep Delaware County safe from drugs. And there was just so many opposing ideas in my head because it's like, okay, you're, you're admitting these people are committing crimes to get the drugs and you're saying you're good and you admitted you and, uh, and you kicked down an innocent person's door and damaged their, their, their door. You ripped them out of your house. You probably scared, scared them. Mm. Like you admit that like you're, you, you're committing. It's just they're so. It, it seems like they're really the ones committing crimes. Getting. Yeah, I mean they're the ones hurting uh, people. They're exacerbating an already uh, tragic situation, and I can I can hear the frustration in your voice. It is difficult to uh, to swallow that. But when they're saying that they're 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 going to put these drug users in jail so they could get treatment, <laughs> treatment should not start in a jail cell. It should it should be it should start in a medical environment and. Yeah. I've been in jail with these guys, uh, and uh, you know, one of the guys I was in with was actually twice. I've been in with guys that were uh, basically withdrawing from heroin, and they weren't getting treatment. I mean, the dude was just withdrawing from heroin. I mean, he was just in the cell with me, sweating it out. That's what he was up to. There was no treatment going on. It's ridiculous and uh, it's outrageous. And um, I, I had saw another article that was kind of related to that in, in a way. Um, there was this 21-year-old that had committed, uh, he was caught, he uh, used a cap gun to rob a convenience store two miles from his home, and he robbed it three times. And I think the clerk had recognized him because he had went to high school with him, and mm. even with a mask on, he was able to recognize his mannerisms and, oh, wow. and report him. But this kid that robbed this this twenty one year old kid that robbed the store did it for money because he was addicted to heroin. And it's funny that the police chief is saying all like it's like the police chief and the prosecutor like the cops know people are doing it to are, oh, are yeah. committing these crimes for 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 drugs. They and their answer do. is. Their answer is to 
keep it illegal. I yep. mean, it's keep just, the prices it's, high. Keep them high so everybody has to do something criminal in order to uh, be able to afford it, whether it's make uh, you know commit robberies or deal drugs themselves. Thanks, Jeremy, for the call on the update. Hour three's next. You take control. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Who told you you can You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring signs into the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable me. here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think you Excuse are? me. There is no video or audio allowed in this office. No, I have work today. This is you ain't going to make it. Wait, no, now. Wait a minute. Hey! Oh my god! Unbelievable! Because you scared me! What am I being detained for? You're being served. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. Available now free in HD. See it now at victimlesscrimespree.com. Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves here at 855-450-FREE, and that is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that uh, we have there to share with you. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their site's and we give it away. So go and enjoy at freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it is Ian. And Derek J. And we're going to go right into uh, your phone calls. Uh, and then coming up, uh, bad cops and all number of other things we can discuss. But your calls come first. So let's go. Gene, the Christian anarchist, calling from Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, guys. Hey, Gene. Yeah, take well, it off speaker. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. It sounds much better that way. Go ahead with your thoughts. Well, I wanted to compare what I think is the extension of the peace movement in the 60s, because uh, I'm, I'm old enough to have seen both the liberty movement and the peace movement. And how, how old think, were you in the 60s? I was a teenager. Okay. I was in high school. Um, so uh, I was listening to a song called uh, Slow Train Coming by, uh, um, oh boy. Uh, well, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I knew it a second ago. Somebody can look it up if they want. Slow train coming song. It talks about uh, there's a slow train coming around the bend, and it talks about how uh, uh, we're having all these upheavals and the problems with the wars, and how the the politicians are a bunch of crooks. If you listen to that uh, song, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. It's it's could it be the Bob Dylan song, Gene? Yeah, Bob Dylan. There you go. Okay, great. Apply to today, and I see the. Uh, there was like a big gap between the 60s and basically uh, about five years ago when the liberty movement started catching on with Ron Paul's first, uh, actually a second run for the White House. But I, I see that as kind of being a sleeping period in between, but a continuation of the same type of movement. Because in the 60s, we fought against the war and we actually defeated the uh, the powers that be that were... Uh, 
that were trying to keep us in the war. Yeah, but then the no, hippies became they? then the the uh, the counterculture became the uh, the man. In many cases, a lot of the people lost their lost their heart and soul. Yes, they did. So you but, you see a victory that happened? Because I wasn't yeah. around, but I, when the way I look at the the history of the the wars is that the hippies never won. The hippies gave up. Uh, yeah, we ended the war in Vietnam. Okay, that was that was mainly due to the uh, the counterculture revolution. Mm, it wouldn't have ended other than that. I see. Uh, we we would have probably stayed there, and more people died. I don't know how many people we the the counterculture revolution saved, but I, I believe that it did save some, and it it definitely brought attention to the fact that we don't need to be in those wars overseas, dying for who knows what, and that that was the big message back then. And now we're looking at Afghanistan and possibly Iran, and the youth, again, are the ones that are that are driving the movement. And uh, us old folks are just kind of tagging along, and uh, the, the few that are actually on the, the, the right train, the, the slow train moving. And I think that Bob Dylan was trying to say that this is a long, slow movement. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of time. Tell me about it. <laughs> so uh, we've been working on it now for 50 years, yeah, and we're getting closer, and it might take, you know, who knows how many more years, although I think once the economic collapse occurs, and I finally bought me some Bitcoins, by the way. Oh, excellent. So, Yay. Yeah, so I'm on the Bitcoin bandwagon now. Great. But I think that it will eventually collapse. The currency is going to collapse. The economy will have to then pick itself up by the bootstraps, and uh, it will be... Um, little neighborhood uh, community stores. Well, you know, it's an interesting analogy, uh, the, the train, right? Like, you, you know, it's, it's taken a while to, uh, to get going, but once that thing gets up to speed, it's going to be, you know, unstoppable, right? I mean, because the ideas of liberty are so persuasive and so morally correct and so practically uh, valid that uh, over time, now that we have the Internet and communication is so easy, uh, the, the, you know, these, a lot of these young people that are getting involved with uh, Ron Paul and uh, the liberty movement are going to you know, continue spreading these memes and these ideas, and that's only going to result in more activism and, and, uh, and, you know, more, and hopefully they'll stick this time. The Internet is a godsend. Back in the 60s, all we had were underground newspapers mm -hmm. that went from, you know, they, they would be printed locally in your little city or whatever it was and be uh, handed out by hand by hippies on the corner. And that's how they, everything was communicated back then. But they still managed to put together marches of thousands of people. Yeah, we don't have on, that on today. particular days. And now we've got the Internet and we've got Twitter and we've got uh, YouTube and all this stuff where we can actually communicate and see what's going on all the way around the planet. So it's pretty exciting, but for all that communication, we don't have the the numbers of the protests like uh, like they did back in the day. You know, right. getting thousands of people together today is a very uh, challenging uh, task. Because today we don't have as much money as we had back then. Keep in mind that even though the the hippies didn't have a lot of money, the resources were there because they would have their communal houses. They would have. Uh, you know, they would get together, but the money went farther. The money that they did have bought more goods, was because the dollar was worth something back then. Keep mm. in mind, we had silver in our money up until 1964. Gene, and, I'm curious. Point. I've heard from people who were around in the 60s that a big part of ending Vietnam was the media showing the reality of war. 
Now, the mainstream media is not going to do that today. So do you think that independent media could do the same thing that happened in the 60s to end the wars abroad today? I think that independent media is what we're going to have to rely on because obviously the mainstream media has been bought and paid for, and you're never going to get the truth out of them. But yes, uh, the media did pay a lot of attention. But if it weren't for the masses of people marching, I don't think that uh, even with the media that it would have made a lot of difference because the older folks were still just looking at the media and going, oh, that's just too bad, you know, but they wouldn't do anything about it. I see. Thank you. Gene, thanks for the uh, the perspective. Any other comments you want to share? Get by your Bitcoin. Did you get yours over at bitinstant.com? Yes. Excellent. And was it an easy process for you? It was. I just had to go down the bank and drop some money in. And... How quickly did you have the Bitcoins once you, once you actually did the deposit? Actually, I haven't checked my wallet yet, but I'm assuming that it's in my wallet now. I did it today. I went to the bank. I printed out my little receipt, transaction receipt, and I went to the bank. I was a little disappointed because the bank still asked for all kinds of identification in mm. order to make the deposit. Really? But, so I don't know if that's required or if it's That's just interesting that. because that's what you know the feedback we've had from folks is that uh, you know the, the people that haven't been going in New Hampshire to do this have had all kinds of, you know, identifi- uh, identification requirements asked of them uh, like at the MoneyGram location Weird. and now Even at this like case CVSs the bank. and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't heard a lot of feedback, right. but uh, from the the people that have given feedback, like here in New Hampshire, you can walk into uh, the CVS and totally BS them on the information that they they ask well, you they for. Well, they didn't ask me to actually provide ID. I could have easily given them false information. Okay. So. Well, there you go. Yeah, cuz it's weird. Like, why would a bank ask? Why would a bank care who's depositing? Usually they don't care about that. Well, you yeah, we'll give we'll us take money. money. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it from you. We'll put it in because that account. Because they, they don't want money laundering happening in their bank. That's why. Mm. Gene, know, it's all for, about the drug war. Terrorists. Thanks for the call tonight, Gene. appreciate hearing from you. Uh, by the way, he's talking about bitinstant.com, which is where you can go uh, to get your uh, hands digitally on some Bitcoins. Uh, you can turn cash into Bitcoins and then use the Bitcoins for whatever purpose you want online. It's uh, it's an online, digital, decentralized Basically, it's online cash, and it is better than cash because it's online, so you don't have to be anywhere near the person to which you want to send it. They can be halfway across the world, and they can have their Bitcoins in, inst- in it, literally in an instant when you send them uh, to them. And it's uh, it's mathematically impossible for anybody, including the government, to stop you from sending or receiving those payments. You are totally in control of your finances when it comes to Bitcoins. And yeah, that means there's a little bit of extra risk that comes on because you know, you're know you your own bank and you need to protect your Bitcoins from being accessed by unauthorized people. But it's an amazing technology that actually is changing the world and the way uh, transactions are being done online. So I highly recommend you learn more over at weusecoins.org. And when you're ready to jump in, as Gene just did, go to bitinstant.com and they will make it easy for you. Go down to over 700,000 locations and just deposit cash. It's easy. More coming up. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that are waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Lots of features on the site, including archives. They go all the way back to late 2006, and they're all completely free for you. In fact, when you go to freetalklive.com, you see there on the front page, uh, there are the last seven days' worth of the show right at the top of the page. Then, if you click into the archive section, you can go back for years' worth of the show. In fact, you can also get them through our SoundCloud page, which makes it easy to share each episode with your friends on Facebook or Twitter or Reddit or whatever social networking site uh, is your preference. And you can find our SoundCloud page by going to freetalklive.com. Look on the left-hand side of the page under Listen and Share. You'll find the SoundCloud link right there. Click into that, and then go and download as many episodes as you like. You don't have to log in or jump through any hoops. There's no membership fee or anything you have to do. You just go and enjoy it. Freetalklive.com. And when it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that uh, gives you the best all-around protection. It's the GPS Black Box Dash Cam. And it's so easy to use. I've got one in my vehicle. I've had, now, I've had it now for, I think, probably a couple of years. And it's a great little device. It's got video cameras, two of them. So there's one in the front, meaning you record everywhere you drive, and one in the kind of the cab. So it's recording the, you know, the, where you're going, and it's also recording what's going on in the cab simultaneously. Uh, there's a microphone that you can turn on or off. I recommend leaving it on. And, uh, and so that way you get pulled over. You can see the cop at the window. You can hear the conversation that is being had. And you've also got the footage of how you were driving previous to the cop pulling you over. Uh, Plus, there's GPS in there as well, which uh, records your driving route and the speed that you were going. This thing is, it's unsurpassed. It's an amazing little device. And it's on sale. So if you go to freedomcam.net, you get 30 bucks off the regular price right now. It's a limited time uh, sale, so get over to freedomcam.net. You've heard us talking about it. You've heard us recommend this thing before, and it's really a great device. I, I, you know, I wouldn't put it in my car if I didn't think it was a good, uh, good product. So freedomcam.net on sale, and they take bitcoins too. Woohoo! Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Talk to Kelvin in Colorado on the amp lines. Kelvin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ian. Hey, Hey, uh, I just wanted to relate uh, my experience with uh, buying the Bitcoin. Uh, I've oh. done it two different two different ways through BitInstant. Okay. Uh, I've uh, purchased them from uh, a couple of different WalMarts using the uh, MoneyGram method, uh, which you know where they ask you to fill out this form, and you know it, all it takes is a little creativity to remember. Uh, what address you want to put down there, mm-hmm. uh, and that worked fine. And the second, or and then I've also done it through the uh, bank deposit at uh, Wells Fargo, and they ask for no ID whatsoever. Hmm. And what you what you're basically doing, uh, I'd advise you to take the piece of paper that you get uh, from BitInstant in there with you, because it has the account number of. I, I presume it's fit in the account number. And what you're essentially doing is making a deposit into fit uh, instance bank account. And then when they see that you've made that deposit, then they arrange to buy your bitcoins or however all that works. But uh, yeah, at no time right. did anybody ask for any kind of ID. The only, uh, you know, they were 
you don't ask me where did I bank, other than, you know, just to try to get me to Yeah, they wanted the you to open an account. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they were very uh, polite and persuasive about wanting to uh, talk me into an account, so maybe that's why they didn't hassle me about ID. But basically, all you're doing is depositing money into an account. Right. <laughs> so they don't even know. So, like, the bank uh, agents have no idea why you're doing that. They don't know that you're getting Bitcoins. They don't know what that money is for. Exactly. Uh, so it was painless, and I think it's – you probably should check this, but I think it's less expensive if you go to the bank it's than true. do the – you don't have to pay the, the wire transfer fee, and it's actually less hassle, so you don't have to make up any – names or anything like that. For I definitely want to try the bank or. thing. It's just like every time I decide I want to go and do a uh, Bitcoin, it's after banking hours. And so CBS and Walmart are my only options at that point. But it's been really convenient with those two uh, choices. Kelvin, anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, no, have a great night. Thanks for the call, Thanks, man. Kelvin. I appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You know, I mentioned we were going to talk a little bit more about cannabis uh, earlier in the show tonight. And uh, we had discussed how there's an old farmer, a 74-year-old man in Germany who accidentally planted a crop of something like a 1,000 hemp plants. and so Terrorist. Yeah ridiculous uh, what they do to people and hopefully he'll get out of that situation without any criminal charges we've yet to hear about whether that's going to happen to him or not but in other news maybe a little bit closer to home the la times is reporting on medical marijuana going back underground now why would that happen i have some guesses Go ahead, take a guess. All right, so this is people who are buying medical marijuana and then selling it themselves to private customers who say may not want a card registered with their government. Actually, no. Um, it's the, the it's the pot uh, dealers, like the, uh, the 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 clubs, the compa- compassion clubs. All right, they, then then fill me. They're in. going Let's... back underground, and I don't know if you'd heard, uh, Derek J, but. The Los Angeles City Council, and I don't know if they mentioned this in this uh, particular version of the story, but the Los Angeles City Council has been cracking down on these clubs. They've created an ordinance that basically bans them from any kind of commercial uh, area, like you know, storefront property. Hey, if you want to have that's not nice, right? If you want to have one of these compassion clinics, it has to basically be open in a warehouse district back Ew. in you know some s hole part of town. Bad for where, business. Yeah, where nobody wants to go, where it's scary. And uh, you know, the, the the claim is that these guys are are bringing bad people around into the areas in which they're they have their clubs, they're like cancer patients and people who right. need medicine, crippled people. Yeah. Uh, so how dare they? So what's happening? Well, the L.A. Times reports Joe Mazingo writes. Uh, he says a stocky one-time mortgage broker is speeding through Costa Mesa in an old pickup with two pounds of weed in a paper paper bag. He wears gray cargo shorts and flip flops and a faded cap with the image of a marijuana leaf stitched on the front. He just smoked a joint as thick as a knuckle cypress hill thumps through the cab i'll hit that bong and break you off something soon i gotta get my props cops come and try to snatch my crops these pigs want to blow my house down some lyrics from the cypress hill song for a man whose apartment was raided recently and now faces felony drug possession and cultivation charges he doesn't seem particularly worried about the mission at hand ricky rants about a federal and local crackdown on medical marijuana that closed various dispensaries that he ran and forced him back into the streets where he began as a teenager in the 1970s except then he was a dealer and now he's a mobile dispensary it's too late he bellows the genie's out of the bottle a huge demand has been created it's back to the underground anyone who's smart is just going to take it back to the streets 
He says he knows a lot of people scurrying to the shadows as the state has struggled and failed to regulate the medical cannabis industry and local law enforcement agencies and the federal government have tried to curtail it. It's an easy journey to the underground as the line between the legal and illegal markets in California has always been sketchy. The medical cannabis trade didn't rise from a boardroom meeting when voters passed the Medical Marijuana Initiative Proposition 215 back in 1996. It was a historic uh, occasion when people overwhelmingly came out and, you know, they said at the polls, hey, we want sick people to be able to have medical cannabis. And it's just been a, a struggle ever since then to actually try to sell it to folks, especially in L.A., where the city councils decided they don't want to have any cannabis shops being visible to people. And they've literally been cracking down and shutting down storefronts. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. We'll give you the details. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. We've got news updates. Uh, You can get signed up. Email, Twitter, Facebook. Go to news.freetalklive.com. And you know what? I've totally dropped the ball tonight. I should have been hooting, and I'm just not practiced at it enough, especially because normally Mark's here, and like we'll both hoot. And, of course, hooting is where we do Twitter and Facebook at the same time. So we post one thing, and uh, and it posts to both of those. And I've been been terrible. I haven't hooted since the beginning of the show. It's not too late. It's not too late. I'll try to get one out here uh, in a little bit. So uh, accept my apologies. Normally, we're pretty good about it over at uh, news.freetalklive.com you can get signed up there there's been a lot going on here as we continue uh, we'll take your calls about anything the medical pot situation in california specifically the los angeles area it's deteriorating uh the city council has been cracking down they have passed an ordinance overwhelming i think it was like a unanimous vote uh that basically bans all of the essentially bans the uh, medical cannabis shops from the city limits. Now, I mean, where are the Hollywood Obama endorsing celebrities on this issue? Nobody's going to stand up for these guys. They're... Snoop Dogg, get in there. Uh, he's been in Jamaica and he turned he turned himself into Snoop Lion. I don't know if you heard about that. No, I'm you out didn't of hear the about that? I guess I'm out of the loop. But I would think that someone it made over big in... news. <laughs> he's Snoop Lion now. He is the uh, reincarnation of Bob Marley. Uh, right. Well, That's what he says. <laughs> I'm sure there's some Hollywood pot smoking, you know, Cheech and Chong type guy who can Tommy can, Chong. You can count promote on these things. You well, can count on Tommy Chong to come out. And, he's a and big help, name. But, but we're talking about hundreds of of, uh, of pot shops, and you know, it's one of those situations where they're just going to pick off these little guys, and nobody's going to take the time to stand up for them because there's just so many of them. Tommy Chong, get in there and rabble rouse. We need he your should. help. He should. He's already gone to jail. I know. I mean, poor guy. He just wanted to sell some bongs. I know. I I, I hate to ask a guy who's already given so much to right. keep on giving, but well, you know what it's like. I mean, after they put you in jail and put you out on a suspended sentence, they've got you on a leash. Yeah, it's it's true. It's uh, it's it's neutered me in a way, and so I feel for Tommy Chung and Snoop Lion. But uh, I I hope that someone Fifty Cent get in there. I, I'm I'm just hoping 
someone will pick up this pot thing. Paris Hilton, she's big on the weed, and uh, Madonna too, I'm sure. So they're all out in California. They need to help these these pot shops out because well, I know they're going to the dispensaries they're, too. They're bailing out. Uh, these guys are uh, are calling it quits. Some of these cats. I mean, now again, this is not for all of California. They don't want to go to the bad neighborhoods to go get their weed. But it is well. They still have all their connections. Like whoever it is that's providing the the growing uh, for these shops, they're still doing their thing. It's just the shop owners themselves are saying, "Screw this. We're just you know, if the city of L.A. is going to come after us, we'll just go back to the way it used to be, and we'll just deliver the product to the directly to the customer and uh, cut out having the storefront." Uh, but here's a little bit more from the story from the L.A. Times. It sprouted. Uh, the, the Proposition 215 was passed in 1996 by the voters, and that was their medical marijuana provision. Uh, it sprouted out of the marijuana networks that had already existed with largely the same growers, middlemen, and customers. As the medical cannabis industry evolved, sharp differences with the illicit market developed, but only at the extremes. The AIDS patient getting his lab-tested cannabis from a dispensary in regulated city like Berkeley on one end, and the street dealer selling Mexican cartel weed to high school students on the other. In the middle was a vast, amorphous gray zone, and many operators have found it wise to stay there, keeping their heads low and leaving no paper trail, which is how Ricky does business. No taxes, no permits, and no paperwork. He stashes his cash in safe deposit boxes all over and buries it in the ground. But he still sells only to people with medical recommendations, he says, mainly in case he lands in court and needs a defense. At 48, and by the way, it's not hard to get these uh, recommendations in California. It's not hard at all. You just basically have to seek one out, find the doctors that are willing to uh, not really be too concerned about the maladies that you're claiming, and will write you a prescription. I don't even know that you need a driver's license. I think you can just walk in there all drunk and just say your eyes hurt, and they'll give you a card. I don't know. It just depends on the doctor, I guess. Yeah, a- anecdotally, this seems to be the case, that people could just walk in and get a card. At 48, Ricky has been an entrepreneur in legal and illegal venture since junior high school in Long Beach. I met him through a mutual friend, and he asked me to withhold his name and key identifying traits for the story. Ricky's an alias that he's used, and he agreed to be interviewed on condition that he not be identified beyond that. If prosecutors knew he had resumed growing in the two bedrooms of his apartment after the raid, or that he had 96 plants on the North Coast, or had two girls delivering packages all over Orange County, or that he used to distribute Mexican and Canadian pot in the 1990s, it would undoubtedly complicate his legal problems. The strain of bud that he has under his seat today is relatively mild, grown on a patch of Mendocino soil that he had a stake in the previous summer. His gruff voice overpowers my questions and even the rap music, and it's clear the joint he smoked has set loose a runway train of thought. Forget complying with city regulations, he says, or the State Board of Equalization, which collects sales tax. He says all you're doing is creating a record for when they come back to get you later. Cops want to make this weed. Uh, want, the cops want to make this weed again. It's medicine. I believe in this. He says, "I need it. I got my card. It helps me deal with every day. I do get high on my own supply." He laughs hard enough to cough. The above board thing is a recent phenomenon. It was always illegal, and it still is in Orange County. He says. As Ricky tells it, he loved the weed since the moment he first tried it in seventh grade. In shop, he and his friends made a little wood pipes with a grinder and a drill. He never thought it made sense that it was illegal when alcohol was not. You don't have to be that old to figure out that this whole cannabis prohibition thing is a total farce and totally ridiculous. A friend's older sister was a hippie with stoner boyfriends, and from then, or from them, Ricky, at age 14, bought good Mexican sensimilla, divvied it up, and sold it to his buddies. He broke even on the deal, but kept a portion for himself, which is the way a lot of people uh, get into selling weed, is 
by wanting to help their friends get some and get a little bit for themselves on the side so they don't have to pay for it. He says he met more connections and cut more deals. He earned a business degree from a respected Southern California university and met a friend from Santa Cruz whose brother was a pothead. Making a couple of dope runs up there, he supplied his dorms when the rest of the region was going through a weed drought. With capital from his dealing, he says he started a car repo business when he was still in school and managed to buy two homes in the Inland Empire by the time he was 26. He kept his hand in the marijuana racket and in the early 1990s started working with a man who was importing 100-plus pound shipments of Mexican and Canadian pot every few weeks. Ricky helped distribute the drugs in addition to his legitimate jobs, sold the repo business and started a heavy equipment rental firm, bought real estate and got into the mortgage game. But in 2002, he says the cannabis importer lured him away from what he calls a six-figure job in an Orange County mortgage firm to work full-time. He says, I used to be a money-hungry yuppie, believe it or not. I drove a new BMW. My problem was how to deal with the money physically, he says. Years of hard partying with booze and drugs culminated in heart failure in 2005. The weed importer's foreign supply dried up, he says. He tried to regain his health health, giving up on heavy drinking and drugs other than marijuana, and set off on his own. He bought cannabis from growers in Humboldt County and always grew some of his own and sold it to dispensaries popping up around L.A. In the new verbiage of the medical pot world, he was a broker or a vendor. He saw how the dispensary sold his weed for more than twice what he'd paid for it, which showed him how lucrative the retail end could be. So, with a partner, he opened his first shop in 2008 in Long Beach. He did well, but it closed a year and a, in a year and a half. Why... Not because of competition, but due to new city rules. And he started another and then another, growing plants in his apartment to supply uh, to supplement the supply that he bought by the other brokers and growers. The shops did well, and he says he felt pride bringing quality marijuana to people for low prices. Despite the problems, he was in the sunlight for the first time in his marijuana career, and he enjoyed it. He'd always known he could end up in prison and had prepared for it mentally. And I can tell you, California prison, not a good place. To be, but things seemed to be changing. Then he got busted. From a tip, police put his apartment under surveillance and noticed his Edison meter was spinning like a ballerina, a sure sign that grow lights were guzzling power. They served a search warrant last year, seized his plants and about $20,000, charged him with drug possession and cultivation, and he's now preparing for trial. So had he not gone on the up and up, had he not opened his stores, had he not put his operation out on Front Street, and had he continued selling to legal customers, which is what he's doing now that he's out of the storefront business, he probably never would have had the heat come down. No. And it sounds like he's really afraid of having this paper trail, of, of being out in the open. Right. Having a paper trail would be good for a legit business, but it's a bane to weed dealers now because it puts them at risk of lawsuits. Right. And, you know, you get into this thinking that it's legal, and then all of a sudden you get raided anyway. They come in, and in a lot of cases, they'll just steal your pot and steal the cash without charging people with a crime. Uh, there's a little bit more about his story here and what's going on in L.A. 855-453. Your comments are welcome. Maybe you live out that way. 1-855-450-3733. Take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now, 855-453. Coming up, sex toys all throughout the yard. Derek J. will tell us about that. Woohoo! 
sounds a little strange. We'll find out more. one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. But still time for you and your thoughts if you make the call right now. Uh, you can also join us online, of course, at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Uh, we have different options for you, but the primary one is Amazon. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find links to Amazon US, Amazon Canada, Amazon UK. Click into the Amazon that's right for you, and then just get your shopping done. It's the regular Amazon experience that you're used to. You're just entering through our affiliate link, so Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. If you don't enter through our affiliate links, then Amazon keeps all their profits. If you do enter through our affiliate links at shop.freetalklive.com, then Free Talk Live gets a cut. And it's something like 7% uh, on most most items. Like electronics, I think it's only about 4%. But pretty much everything else, it's, uh, it's 7%, which, you know, that's not too shabby. So start your shopping over at shop.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference. Now, there are some things you can't get on Amazon, like Master OG, Blue Dream, Skywalker, Mad Men, Rigor Mortis, OG Kush, uh, AK-47, White Widow, Blueberry, Purple Haze, you know, you name your favorite strain. Uh, Unfortunately, you can't yet buy marijuana over uh, Amazon, but maybe someday that'll be possible in a world that uh, I think you and I would like to live in, Derek J. That would be a nice thing, huh? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they, you try to make it happen. You try to change the system. Uh, that's what they did in California with Proposition 215 back in the, the mid-1990s. They changed the system. The uh, medical marijuana provision was a huge step in the right direction. Uh, it created a lot of other states. Now, I think something like 14 other states have medical marijuana provisions in the law. And it has helped people who are sick help people with uh, really debilitating conditions uh, get, you know, th- th- feel better. And in some cases, like AIDS and cancer patients, hold the food down, you know, kill the uh, the nausea that the pills they have to take creates so they can actually eat and actually look healthy as a result of uh, being able to feed themselves. I mean, marijuana is an amazing drug, and there have been so many studies that really show, or cannabis, uh, that show that this thing, you know, this plant really helps people in a lot of different ways. But nonetheless, the police still want to put a stop to it. They still want to reverse the trend. They want to they want to crack down. They want to stop people, even who have medical marijuana cards and who are legitimate vendors, according to the California scheme. Uh, they want to stop them. And that's what this story is about from the L.A. Times, about how one man uh, who for a long time was a, you know, a dealer in the underground market, the... A weed became legal, at least semi-legal, for medical purposes. He went into the legitimate side of things and was feeling great for a while. He was helping people who are sick, and he was able to make money at the same time and, and you know do something that he loved to do and that he'd been doing for a long time. Was expanding and getting successful until cops and bureaucrats put guns and jail cells in between yep. him and his patients. Yep, until the raid where they served a search warrant, seized his plants at about $20,000, charged him with drug possession and cultivation. And even if you've got everything, all of your ducks in a row, even if you've got all the paperwork that's necessary, all the governmental permits and licenses and everything, that doesn't stop them from doing whatever they want to you. If the police want to destroy your business, they can just come in and destroy your business. And then later, maybe you can prove to the court that, oh, yeah, it was legal. Look, here's all the paperwork, all my stuff that you need to see. Look, it was all legal. It doesn't matter then. Your business is gone. They've succeeded at what they set out to do, which is put a stop to you. 
Here's the rest of his story from the L.A. Times. He says that he's preparing now for trial, and with the cities and the federal government cracking down, he decided to close his last shop in March. says he's learned a lesson from his dispensary interlude, uh, but it's not about staying away from pot. It's about thinking the government is ever going to accept the drug as legitimate. He says everybody old school was amazed at first. You can have a store and advertise and be above board, but the reality is you can't do that. Everyone is just registering for their own takedown. He says that uh, now his headquarters is his three-bedroom apartment, which is once again filled with pot plants. Young seedlings and clones sprout like little green starbursts all over his deck. His back bedrooms are jungles of various strains and uh, shimmering under blazing sodium lights. Branches of marijuana hang on lines over his own bed, drying out. Like many growers, he loves to show visitors his plants. And uh, he takes a swim in the ocean and sits uh, at his coffee table watching TV as he trims the buds to sell and texts his girls on where to deliver it. He says he makes sure to deliver only to people with a doctor's recommendation for marijuana to comply with the medical marijuana laws, but keeps no paperwork. He says a lot of the medical market is still underground because people don't want to be registered. Nurses, teachers, firemen, they can get fired for using marijuana, he says. Two young women do the smaller deliveries, and Ricky does the larger transactions. On this day, he's meeting a friend, a manager of a marine supply store whose mother is in a senior citizen's home. He says they don't have a supply, so he gives it to her, and she distributes it. <laughs> Can Whoa. you imagine that? Grandma in uh, the uh, the old person's home is uh, dealing a little bit of pot to her friends. Thank goodness. Bless her. <laughs> it's awesome. He says that uh, he sells it to other people as well. Uh, he pulls up in front of a liquor store next to a green sedan. What's up, brother? He says as he gets out. How you doing? Hey, bro, his friend says, slipping him an envelope with $3,000. Ricky hands him a bag of bud, and they part. Not much different than it would have gone down 30 years ago, except for a broader clientele. I just thought that was an interesting story about, you know, one man's experience in trying to go legit, trying to use the system, trying to use the system that was ostensibly set up to make this possible for people who are sick to get their hands on marijuana out in the open. And the governments, the local governments in California, the police, they just don't care what the people want. Guy has a business degree, really made this a successful operation, was treating patients who need help. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though. Pot's bad. Can't have pot out in the streets. No. For cops to get into the way of uh, people who need help, it's, it, is, um, it is just atrocious. And when will this end? When, when will we finally have some serious form of decriminalization that the police will finally just leave alone and look the other way and go and, inf- you know, go and investigate real crimes with victims? Can we have that happen sometime in my lifetime? It's, it's all about incentives, right? People respond to incentives, and if the police know that they can just pull over someone and then search their car because there's a drug war on, when the Fourth Amendment doesn't mean anything, it really helps them catch criminals, helps, helps them do their job in a safe way because they don't have to go and chase down murderers and rapists. They're just chasing people who enjoy a plant. Well, apparently they're also after people with sex toys as well, uh, Derek J. What's going on? It wasn't the rod they were looking for. That's the first line in this article. <laughs> Where is it from? But from the New York Post. Okay. And this is a story, for me, about hoity-toity liberals. It's out of New York. They're all so sue-happy. They never give the police a break. So let's just, you know, let's all be reasonable here. So when the cops couldn't find a gun in a Bronx man's home, they settled for taking out his mother's sex toys and displaying them around the apartment. Pretty legit. I would think the 22 year old claimed in a lawsuit, even though no gun was found, Dwight Anderson said he and his mother were arrested at gunpoint and charged with criminal possession of a weapon. They were released the next day on their own recognizance. The sex toys were those the weapons? 
It's hard to say. Anderson returned to the home he shares with his mother to find the place trashed by cops who damaged his television, his PlayStation video game console, and his clothes, and left his mother's sex toys out for all to see, the suit says. The police officers... I mean, it's one thing if it's your sex toys, but if it's mom's sex toys, that's like even worse. Ouch. It's pretty gross. So this is a quote (laughs) from Anderson uh, from the claim, the police officers also took out my mother's personal objects and put them around the house, which was very embarrassing. I can understand that. After they were arraigned, they came home to find his mother's personal items, dildos, if I can be frank, placed around the house uh, by the police, Anderson's lawyer said. I felt disrespected, Anderson told the police. I felt angry. I felt violated. That is a violation. You bet. I felt like they took advantage and they can do anything they want. Ding, ding, ding. You you, you couldn't have said it better there, dude. He said the cops left one out of one of his mother's sex toys out on his bed. Mm -hmm. Anderson said he wasn't home uh, when his uh, mother... Uh, with his mother on January 19th when the cops burst in, guns drawn, and ordered them down onto the floor. The officer had a shield and pushed me down to the ground. I don't know why I was being arrested. He was handcuffed and taken to the precinct and had his arraignment overnight. Meanwhile, the cops were were ransacking the apartment while he was in the precinct and uh, under arrest then had his arraignment. Oh, when he came back, he noticed that the TV, iPod, and PlayStation were all damaged beyond repair. Sick. The cops had a search warrant, apparently found uh, a gun on another floor of the Anderson's apartment building, and arrested him and his mother. Several months after the arrest, the charges were dismissed. You don't get your PlayStation 3 back, though, or the TV or anything like that, right? Okay, so they dropped the charges. Now you don't have to go to court. Now you just have a destroyed p- apartment and uh, lost property and damage. Police spokesman did not immediately return a call for comment, and the mother has filed Typical. a separate lawsuit against the city in his suit. Yeah, Anderson how's that requests- going to work out? It's not, it's not going to work out, obviously. But Anderson- Some lawyer's going to cash in, and that'll be the day. Yeah, these hoity-toity liberals, I hope that they get what they want. The uh, requested unspecified damages for false arrest and imprisonment, negligent training of police officers, property damage, and malicious prosecution. I hope they win. Now, is this in the city? Is this this is in the Bronx, okay. New York City. Jeez, that's a sick story. <laughs> and he's right. They can do whatever they want to and drop the charges at the last minute, and odds are good their lawsuit will fail, and they'll just be there SOL. Any doubt See you tomorrow at freetalklive.com. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of tragedyandhope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out.